When we talk about climbing being a strength to weight ratio sport, like a lot of people don't realize there's more than one variable to manipulate there. Like you can get lighter to artificially feel stronger. You're not actually stronger, you're just lighter. Or you can actually get stronger. And one of those things is gonna be more sustainable and actually comes with other health benefits than the other one. Hey y'all, I'm Ryan Devlin and welcome to the Struggle Climbing Show's Pro Clinic on Weight Training with one of the biggest names at the confluence of climbing and lifting, Dr. Natasha Barnes. Natasha's an elite climber, bouldering multiple V-double-digit rigs, and when she was younger, competing at the highest levels as a comp climber, including winning a national bouldering championship. She's also a competitive powerlifter with an elite total, winning the 2019 Submasters National Championship. And that is impressive, just on its face, but even more so, as you'll hear Natasha share that when she began lifting weights, she was barely able to bench press the empty bar. Natasha's been coaching climbers on weight training for many, many years now, having received her doctorate a decade ago with a specialty in rehabilitation, orthopedic sports medicine, and physiotherapy. And in this pro clinic, Natasha demystifies weight training and offers up clear and simple guidance for climbers of all levels and training ages to build overall fitness that will serve us on and off the wall. If you would like to climb harder, build resilience against injury, and enjoy this sport for decades to come, listen up to what Dr. Barnes has to say here today. This pro clinic is made possible by patrons and subscribers of the show. If that is you, thank you so much. I love you. You get access to this entire episode, as well as the growing library of pro clinics and ad-free episodes. And if you're not a patron or Apple subscriber, I still love you, but it would mean the world to me if you would consider joining the struggle community. You get all sorts of cool stuff for that. I will tell you more about it in a little bit, but first, let's do some heavy lifting with Dr. Natasha Barnes. All right, yeah, things look good here. Levels look nice. And I'm so psyched to dive into this conversation with you, Natasha. The, the timing is perfect as we're into a summer block here and uh, strength training has definitely been on my mind. So we'll dig into all that in just a second here, but I wanna check in with you first and just see what's going on in your world. It looks like you've been doing quite a bit of training. Um, maybe do you have like a, a competition coming up, like a powerlifting competition? Yeah, so right now I'm training for a powerlifting meet that's happening at the end of September. So I think I'm like 10 weeks out right now, which like sounds like a lot of time, but really doesn't feel like a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, it'll be fine. Well, the stuff that I've seen you sharing on Instagram has been like mind boggling, the the weight that you've been moving. And it looks like you've been doing some deadlifting, maybe some benching um, squats. I don't know. Are there others? I'm, I'm not super familiar with the world of powerlifting meets and, and competitions. How are those structured? Do you compete like in, in multiple events? Yeah, powerlifting is um, basically you get tested on three lifts. So your squat, your bench press, and your deadlift. So Got it. I train for all three of those like concurrently. Okay. And then in the competition, are those separate days or do you get, do you compete in, in all three of those on the same day? They do them all on the same day. Typically, there's like a good period of time between each because there's like flights of people that have to, they go through everyone's squat first and then everyone's bench press and then deadlift last. So 
there's uh-huh. you, meets tend to be pretty long <laughs> so you actually have to prepare for that because it's usually an all-day thing but yeah they're all on the same day and then is it one rep max it's one rep max yeah so you get Got three it. attempts at each lift so nine attempts total of your one rep max do you have goals are you going for a personal prs or do you know what you might need to hit in order to perform the way that you want at this coming up in, in september yeah, I have I have things that I'd like ideally like to do, but we just kind of have to handle whatever is there that day. It's hard to predict like it's hard to totally predict like where you're going to be training wise. So right now I'm like getting pretty close to like PR territory again, which is really exciting. So this meet could shake out to be pretty good for me. I'd like to squat 330. My all-time PR is 320. Oh I haven't I haven't done that since 2019 just because pandemic injuries things like that and i haven't been close to that either since then so it's really fun to be getting close to that again so So that'd be that'd be the goal for bench i'd like to get into a 200 pound bench don't know if that'll happen my pr is 190 my my pr at a meet is 187 and i competed at another meet in may where my bench press was actually going really well and then I went climbing <laughs> and I had a yeah. climbing session where like nothing really happened in the climbing session. Like I didn't even really try that hard, but we were trying like some comp style problems that were on a steeper wall. And I don't know, I did something to my shoulder where like it just did not like bench press. So mm. I had to kind of like work through that and I haven't gotten quite back to where I would like my bench press to be. So I don't know if that's going to happen at this meet. We'll see. I've got another 10 weeks, but Yeah, not sure about that one. And then deadlift's going really well, too. My all-time PR is 385. My meet PR is is, uh, 376. I would love to hit 400 at this meet. And I think it's possible as long as, like, everything goes well. (laughs) Oh, my God. 400 on a deadlift. That's, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this kind of thing. But, you know, obviously, you didn't start at that number. You worked up to it. But, man, that is so mega. Yeah, I mean, these are all like reasonable numbers for people. I think climbers are just like not in the strength training world. So like it sounds really crazy to people. And I've worked really hard to get to where I am. But like I'm I'm probably like a V6 power lifter, you know, like girls in my weight class squat 400 pounds, like above. And they bench like like my coach has competed in my weight class. She benches like 265 Oh my God. But they're deadlifting like 500 pounds. So like, it's like what I'm doing sounds impressive and I'm really proud of my lifting, but um, yeah. Just like with anything else, climbing, strength training, uh, so many other things, it's it's very individualized, right? We, we're competing against ourselves for the most part, unless we choose to be competing against others. But a lot of us as climbers, myself included, aren't competitive beyond kind of the own competitions that we create in our own minds with our own egos or our friends for fun and that kind of thing. And and strength training, I think for a lot of people falls into that. And for purposes of this conversation, we're going to be heavily focused on strength training as it pertains to helping us to be better climbers that have uh, longevity in our climbing lives and our climbing careers, uh, climbers who can uh, be less injury prone, these kinds of things. Um, So I'm super excited to dive in because you've got obviously an expertise in this, but also personal experience in it. I think maybe it it may be helpful here for a a lay person like myself to actually start 
super general and just have you define what strength training is through the lens a little bit of knowing that we're talking here with climbers, but just in general, like what is strength training? Yeah, I mean, strength training, I consider strength training to be anything that we're doing in a weight room with weights. I don't really consider hangboarding to be strength training, although I think it is strength training for climbers. Like I'm usually not talking about hangboarding or things like that when I'm talking about strength training. I'm usually talking about like weight room things that we're doing in the weight room with like dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, body weight, bands, and machines, things like that. I like that. I think for this conversation, that keeps things very clear, very simple. It's going to be off the wall, off the hangboard training, strength training, using weights. That's clear. I appreciate the clarity on that. And why just kind of, we're going to dive into in a moment here, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and really get nitty gritty, but just more in a 30,000 foot view sense, why is it important for climbers to understand strength training and to participate in some level of strength training, regardless of whether they're brand new V0 or their training age is 15 years and they're out there doing V double digits or high-end sport climbing. From your point of view here as an expert on the topic, why is it so critical for us climbers to look at strength training as part of our overall training program? Climbing is a really specialized sport and we are getting some like strength training from climbing, but it's not like total body effective. And when you only do a highly specialized sport, that can become problematic in the future that can set you up for injuries and things like that because of the repetitive nature of like the only thing you're ever doing is climbing. And climbing doesn't effectively train all parts of your body. And it's really important that we are doing some kind of strength training for all parts of our body, not only to support climbing, which it does, but also just to support longevity and like health and, you know, the older we get, the more muscle mass we naturally start to lose. So we lose like three to five percent of our muscle mass per decade if we don't do anything to train that. And that works out to be, I think, somewhere between like 0.5 and one percent every year. Um, yeah. And we also lose like one to three percent of our strength every year. And I think it's something like three to four percent of our power if we're not training to maintain it. Yeah, actually, I recall you doing an Instagram post on that and me clocking it because I'm 44 and I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the other side of this calculation. Yeah, me too. I'm 40. So we're 40 year old climbers. So so that's super interesting. We'll probably dive into this a little bit more here. But essentially, we're talking about not only helping us to prevent like injuries in the moment so that we can continue to train and climb harder. But we're also talking about through this long lens, if I want to climb until I'm 50, 60, 70. I may not be pushing the, the, the grades that I am right now, but climbing is this beautiful sport that connects you with nature and community. And, and the only way to do that long into our golden years is to stay strong, stay injury free. And if we're going to lose anywhere from a half a percent to a percent of strength, and even more than that, as you're saying, in power, having some sort of general strength routine is what's going to offset that. Yeah, exactly. And like, who says we can't continue to climb this hard when we're older? Like we haven't, like there are some people who are doing that, who are pushing those grades at, at older ages. And A, oh, yeah. B, like we don't have any climbers who have been strength training for the duration of their life, their of their career in climbing to show that like, maybe you can maintain this level 
Oh man, I love that perspective. You know, I, I kind of just fell into that trap myself right there, making this assumption that I'm past my peak. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if we can continue to focus on the right things, if we can strengthen our bodies, maybe in ways that the sport hasn't seen to this point, then why not continue to climb hard long into our our older years. I mean, uh, shit, I just had Chris Sharma on here and at nearly 42, he put up his hardest route at 15C. Bill Ramsey is, oh God, what is he, 62 or something like that? He he climbed 514 uh, just recently. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I love that. I'm here for it. Let's dive into part of this training. And, you know, we're talking about age for, for a second here. So I think um, continuing to just kind of get a foundational view of strength training is it for everyone is it for all ages all types of people strength training is for all ages like including children and it's safe mm. for children to strength train and if people want to learn more about that like if someone's a youth coach or someone's a parent who wants to learn more about that my friend Derek from barbell medicine has a whole four-part article series it's evidence-based on resistance training for kids. Like not only is it healthy, it doesn't stunt their growth. It's also health promoting. And it's something that like, we're trying to get more and more kids to do. I love it. We're blowing misconceptions out of the water here in the first 10 minutes of this chat. It's so good. So whether you're 10 years old or 70 years old, you can be doing some strength training. Sick. Well, I want to dive in because I want to learn how I'm going to be able to not only get stronger and fitter as a human, but also get better as a climber which is selfishly why we're all uh, probably listening to the <laughs> clinic with you is because we want to send a little bit harder. Uh, but before we dive in, I, uh, we're the struggle. So I got to start with some struggle for you, Natasha. You are an expert in this field. You are a highly performing power lifter and athlete. So the assumption might be that you don't struggle when it comes to strength training or that you haven't. But I'd like to ask you, where have you or where do you struggle in this uh, world of strength training? I think that when I first started strength training, I definitely didn't think I was made for it. Like I, people see me squatting now. I, when I first started, I couldn't really squat more than 85 pounds and I was having like back pain and I was having a really hard time like learning that movement and like feeling confident in it because like I never trained lower body. I never did any kind of resistance training like it was really hard for me. And so sometimes when I have a lot of newer clients, they're like, oh, wow, I just really suck at this or I'm just not like made for this. I was like, I literally started there too. Like I was like stuck at 85 pound squats. I was bench pressing the empty barbell like when I first started. That's all I could do. So I really struggled with feeling like I'm not very strong. I'm not made for this sport. Like maybe I'm not made to like do this. And even beyond that, like I struggled for a really long time to like get good at these movements and like squats was really something that was like really hard and really scary for me. Well, that's, I think, incredibly relatable to hear. I appreciate you sharing that because I think to, to see you now, to scroll through your Instagram or pop by your website and see the level at which you're performing as a power lifter, it, it looks like it's, you're just made for it. I mean, it just, your form, the amount of weight that you're putting up, obviously your protocols are really dialed because this is your field, but it's nice to know. It's nice to know that you started that way. There's something for somebody like myself who isn't particularly experienced in this area. It's good for me to know that one can go from where you were, empty bar or a 85 pound squat to where you are right now, going for a few hundred pounds on a squat. 
And I think that's a great place for us to kick off because we're going to start with beginners here. And I'll let you define beginner because we kind of can look at it through the lens of a, a beginning climber who maybe they're less than a year in and they're just started at the gym or just maybe gone outside a couple times, but also maybe more applicable somebody who's beginning a, a beginner strength training or a beginner to strength training. And maybe we go real beginner on that. And like somebody who never has gone into the weight training part of their climbing gym or was never on an organized sports team in high school or college. And so they walk by these rubber covered plates and people grunting and throwing these things around and they just keep passing by to to from more familiar territory. Yeah, sure. I think beginner can be a spectrum. Like I actually think that most climbers who are going to be strength training are probably beginners unless they've done some kind of like college sport where they've spent a lot of time in the weight room or now I'm starting to meet people who are actually like power lifters who want to get into to climbing. That's more and more common now too, which is cool. Those people probably wouldn't be like beginners, especially not the power lifters. The college athletes might not be like total beginners, but they may have had some time out of the weight room or they haven't been strength training regularly since they participated in those sports. And so mm. they might start out a little bit like a beginner, at least program wise. But so I think it can be a spectrum. And I've worked with people who are like brand new, like literally have never walked into a weight room to people who have a little bit of experience here and there to people who are actually competitive power lifters. So yeah, most people are probably going to be beginners anyway. Most climbers haven't trained regularly. Like even if they have a little weight experience, they haven't trained like systematically or, or consistently enough to like not <laughs> really be considered a beginner. And yeah, I mean, I started as like a total beginner. Like I literally hadn't touched a weight before when I first started. So. Well, let's start there then. Maybe for somebody who's been climbing, whether they're new to climbing or they've been climbing for 30 years, let's say they've never stepped into the weight room. So for somebody who's that fresh and they want to get into strength training for all the reasons that you laid out so well at the beginning here, um, what would you have them focus on? What's a good starting point so that they're not getting overwhelmed, but they're also not getting injured? Yeah, totally. Yeah. First of all, don't be afraid to walk into the weight room. I think a lot of people are like, oh, like they're intimidated. They don't want to not look like they know what they're doing. Nobody's, it's like when you go dancing, no one's paying attention to you. They're all worried about what they're doing, you know? So don't worry about that. No one's watching you or judging you. If they are, they're an asshole. But yeah, right. just go, don't be afraid. I think if you're very new and you're really hesitant, like pick one exercise you're going to start with. Like it doesn't have to be really complicated and you don't have to have the perfect program or the perfect split or whatever it is, like go in and like pick an exercise that looks interesting to you, whether it's like a squat, like a deadlift, a bench press, an overhead press, even pull-ups, something that looks interesting to you. And like, let's just start with that. I'm a, when I work with like people who are new to strength training or even just new to training in general, as a coach, my goal is to help people feel like they're checking the boxes off. Because if you feel like you're checking the boxes off, it helps you build momentum and it keeps you excited for training and it keeps you going. If I lay out a plan for someone that's like way more than what they can handle, that's when people start like failing and falling off the wagon because they're like, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then I also have to do all of this stuff. And like, I'm not really checking all these boxes. Oh, I'm not really doing the plan. And then they stop. So mm -hmm. I'd rather have someone have like a minimum viable program, which could be one lift. 
one lift maybe two or three times a week and start with that. And it doesn't have to be barbell lifting either. Like it could, you could start with dumbbells, you could start with kettlebells. If you're really undertrained, you could literally start with like body weight squats or box squats or something like that. So like finding an exercise that looks interesting to you and just starting with like a minimum viable program. I love that. So especially because I've personally been there where like as soon as you feel overwhelmed with something, you just want to walk away from all of it. So so really biting off manageable protocols or exercises at the beginning, I think is incredibly sound advice. You've got a program, the foundational strength program that you do that I've just heard fantastic things about. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But when it comes to somebody who is brand new here and whether you're doing body weight or just the bar or maybe you can add a little bit of weight, are there, if you're going to pick one or two, are you looking at where each specific individual's quote unquote deficiencies may be? Or can you say with a certain level of confidence, hey, for the most part, climbers would benefit by doing this one thing each week to start or these two things each week to start when you're in that beginning category? Yeah, for the most part, we're going to keep the programming like pretty general. So we're not necessarily looking for like, okay, where are your like rate limiters right now and you're climbing and let's work on that. That's something we can do, but like most climbers are going to benefit even if they're like, like even if you're a V12 climber or V14 climber, I've had these climbers like come and work with me for strength training before, like you're going to benefit from doing like a really general program. And that's what strength training is for climbers. It's GPP. It's general physical preparedness. It's not necessarily like something where we're trying to mimic the sport or like mimic a position that's hard for you in climbing. We can do that later, but that's more like specializing. That's more once you've built those general foundations. So we're sticking with like compound exercises that are pretty general. I like to have people do some kind of squat, some kind of hinge movement, some kind of push, some kind of pull. And mm -hmm. if we can pick exercises that tick those boxes, like, and you can stick with that for a period of time, like you're going to have a pretty decent program at the beginning. And then once people are on a program for a while, like, like pretty general programs are going to work really well for people for a pretty long time. And so people come to me because they're like, oh, she specializes in helping climbers with strength training. Like it's climbing focus. Like I want to go do whatever program that is. I'll, give, I'll tell you a big secret. It's not anything super fancy or like climbing specific. It's a general strength program because everybody, and I've worked with hundreds of climbers at this point, all of them are going to benefit from doing something pretty general that has those boxes checked that I just mentioned of like a squat, a hinge, a push, and a pull. Great. So squat, a hinge, maybe it would be like a deadlift, a push, like a bench press and a pull, like pull-ups, weighted pull-ups or something like that. Like pull-ups or rows, something like that. There's many different rows, exercises. Okay, right. So that's four exercises that you just named right there. And to your point, for it to be effective, it can kind of stay the same. It stays general, which I think for climbers who are already doing a million things, could be hangboarding and endurance workouts and then boulder sets and then the tread wall and these kinds of things, there's there's already a ton of variety. So it's kind of nice that on the strength training side, it can stay relatively consistent in terms of what we're doing. So there's four exercises that you named there. And can we talk about how you might program that for, again, for a beginner, how many days a week? Are they all happening on the same day or are they different days? Maybe 
kind of sets and reps schemes. How would you, for again, for somebody who's maybe never done anything like this, how would they get started in a manageable way? Yeah, totally. That's probably one of the most common questions I get is how many times a week do I need to do this? Like how many reps and sets is like optimal? And the answer is there's no like perfect split for climbers. It's all about like what's going to fit into your program in like a manageable way. So mm. yeah, you can do it all on one day if you want. You can do it on the same day as climbing if you want, or you can spread it out into more days and you can do it on separate days than climbing if you want, or on the same days as climbing. So there's lots of different ways to, to split it. It's kind of just going to depend on the person and their schedule and like how we can fit that in. So some of my clients are like, I can't do, I don't have enough time to do like three exercises after my climbing session because I have limited time at the climbing gym. All right, let's spread it out over more days. Can you do at least like one of these? So there's many different ways to like split it. On average, like I usually start people with like twice a week and we'll split it into like two separate, like all those exercises into two separate sessions. And the the reps and sets is just going to be depending. So there's research all over the place of like what's minimal effective dose for these strength exercises. And I kind of like to think of like intensity and volume as like knobs. Like if you don't want to do a lot of sets or a lot of volume, then we can just do less sets without a higher intensity. If you have time and you want to do more volume or you can do more volume, we'll do slightly lower intensity for a little more sets. So there's no like real magic number. For me, in, in my program that I have, I start people off with like one hard set of six, like closer to failure. So somewhere uh, not to failure, we don't necessarily need to be training to failure, but like close enough to failure, like it needs to feel challenging. So in my program, it's like one set of six at an intensity where you've maybe got like two to four more reps left in the tank kind of thing. Got it. And then that would be tw twice a week, one set of six. This is just uh, talking about your program here, which we'll dive a little bit more into when people decide that they're going to want to work with you, which I think they are at the end of this chat. But one set of six squats, one set of six rows, one set of six bench, one set of six deadlifts, where you could do a couple more afterwards, you're saying. So wait, like maybe I could do eight or I could do 10 of these, but I'm going to stop at six. But that's kind of the intensity level that we're looking at that I would do that twice a week. And that's a good place to start and do that for a certain amount of time and then maybe add more sets. Yeah. And we'll add more sets, get people just adapted to like the routine of going into the gym. So starting with like minimal programming and just getting used to doing it regularly. And then we can start increasing the volume as they get a little more adapted to the training. And doesn't there's nothing magic about the number six. It's just a number that I like somewhere between like three and ten which you could even do singles or doubles. You could do 12s if you want. Like it's a range. Well, and I like how casual is not the right word here, but maybe flexible is the right word, which is like climbers for whatever reason, we're a breed that likes to overthink things. I think we want things very specifically programmed and we want to know exactly how many seconds should I be doing this hang and all that. And based on what I've seen you share on Instagram and on your website. I've seen Tyler Nelson talk in this manner as well. It's like, hey guys, like, let's not overthink it, all right? We're we're gonna do some stuff to make our bodies stronger. And then let's not overthink it. Let's go on and then do something else, which can be really hard for climbers. So it's like, we really want protocols, but I also like the flexibility that you've outlined there. And you did touch on also kind of the programming could it be on the same day as climbing or a different day? How rested do you want to be? Should it be before we climb 
or should it like as a warm up almost or after we climb so that we're not too fatigued while we're climbing? I mean, these are the questions that are coming to my mind. And again, maybe I'm overthinking it, but are there any general rules for the beginner or maybe any level of climber who are looking to add this in uh, a couple days a week? Yeah, I mean, I would say it is pretty flexible. I think most people are overthinking it a little bit. And it doesn't have to be that complicated, especially when you're new. Like if you're more advanced and like you've, you're really doing it consistently and you've got things dialed in and like we're not getting the response that we want or we identify that you need to be stronger in certain places, then we can get a little more specific and a little more dialed in with the um, exact protocols or exact things that are going to work for you. Everybody responds a little differently to training. And so like, especially at my level, like we, I, my program's going to look different than someone else who has my experience because they're going to respond a little differently. But at the beginner level, we don't need to worry about that. Like, let's just find something you can stick with consistently. I think climbers get really excited when it comes to training and like they want exact protocols and exact instructions. But like when it really comes down to it, most climbers have a hard time sticking with something consistently anyway. So it doesn't matter if I give you the most perfect program ever. If you're not doing it consistently, doesn't matter. So my goal is like, what can we give you that you can do consistently that sounds doable for you that you can be excited about? And that's what we're going to do. So in terms of like whether or not to do it before or after climbing, it doesn't really matter, especially the way that I like to do programming. I like to incorporate an aspect of auto-regulation into it. So we mentioned like a set of six where you could do like two to four more reps in the tank or whatever. That's how we auto-regulate. So a lot of strength training programs and a lot of like even in climbing, like hangboard protocols and things like that, the way that they're programmed is you go into the gym, you max out on day one on an exercise, which is a terrible strategy for a beginner because, A, you've never done this movement before. So like you're not going to be that good at maxing out at it because you're not practiced in it. Um, right. <clears throat> the max out in itself is a training stimulus. You're going to get stronger from anyway. So anyway, a lot of times what they will do is they'll go into the gym, they'll max out, and then your program is prescribed based on a percentage of that max out. And the part of the problem with that, besides what I just mentioned, is that let's say we prescribe like 80 or 90 percent at whatever rep range um, for your program. Well, on any given day, your strength levels fluctuate and that's normal. Um, that's normal. It has to do with sleep. It has to do with nutrition. It has to do with stress levels. It has to do with your mood. It has to do with previous training. Like lots of things are going to influence how you're performing day to day. And so... Yeah. 90% might not be 90% for you that day. It could be 100%. Could be and that there wraps up your free intro to weight training with Dr. Natasha Barnes. I am really sorry to do that dreaded fade out on you there, but offering up these pro clinics is really one of the main ways that I'm able to keep the lights on here in the podcast slash utility closet and offer up so much awesome content at zero cost to the community. So y'all, there's another 42 minutes of expert beta that Natasha's offering up here for patrons and subscribers using auto-regulation to determine how much to lift in any given session, how to train your core for steep climbing without doing core exercises. This has totally changed the way I'm exercising my core. Most common climber injuries and why you should throw your TRX rings in the garbage. It is all there 
for patrons and subscribers, along with every other pro clinic and bonus episode from ravioli biceps breaking down the moon board to Alex Johnson on gym to crag tactics to Jordan Cannon on big wall tactics and so much more. You can either subscribe right there in your Apple podcast app, if that's where you listen, or if you get your podcasts somewhere else, then just swing on over to patreon.com slash the struggle climbing show and check out what I'm offering there for like the price of a cheap beer or a fancy cup of coffee each month. You're going to gain pro access with extended and ad free episodes, swag, all the pro clinics, and you'll be supporting this podcast and the climbers like me who are working their harnesses off to make it happen each and every week. And if you think the content sucks or you're just not happy with it, then you can cancel anytime. There's no obligation. There's no worries. I think you're going to like it and I hope you get a lot out of it. Now, if you would like to work with Dr. Natasha Barnes on building bulletproof strength, well, listen up. I'm going to let her tell you how to do that right here. So if people want to find me, they can easily find me on Instagram. I have a lot of like helpful educational content there. I also have my website. I have some blog posts and stuff. People can also contact me through my website. If they want to work with me, they can contact me through my website. Um, if they need help with like re uh, rehabbing an injury or if they want help with training, those are both things that I can help with. My foundational strength training program is kind of like my answer to basically all of the questions that you ask me in this podcast. It's like designed for anyone who wants to get into strength training to support their climbing. It's a program that's going to ease you into strength training, like teach you all of the movements. There's a lot of resources that come with the program, including like tutorials and videos. And we have a whole resources library for learning the movements, learning about strength training, learning about auto-regulation. That's something that we incorporate right away in the program. Um, it's a 10-week program. People can sign up for it. There's a community forum if people have questions and it's app-based. So um, everything's on an app. We've already had 139 people do the program or they're doing the program currently. So, um, you know, it's been tested and tried. People love it. And we have more programs that are coming. I have other programs available too, like the in-season strength program. Um, and we're going to be putting that one and other programs like on the app in the future for people as well. So if people are interested in learning about strength training and they don't necessarily want to do like one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's a great place to do it. All right. You can find Natasha on IG at Natasha Barnes and over at NatashaBarnesRehab.com. Now, lastly, have you guys checked out The Struggle on YouTube? We are releasing two fresh, hot videos a week featuring the likes of Chris Sharma, Alex Honnold, Hazel Finlay, Tom Randall, Alex Magos, Jonathan Segrist, and so many more. They're like eight minutes long, and they feature rad footage supporting the conversation and the topic that we're having. Been working really hard on this. I hope you like it. Swing over to youtube.com slash at the struggle climbing show to check it out. All right, I hope your training and your climbing are going awesome. And if they're not, if you're struggling, well, then just remember that the struggle makes us stronger. See y'all soon. <laughs>